I mean, so apparently, uh, I'm sure this has been told like a million times, but Pettit, so they wanted CC to go on the Garrett Cole recruiting trip. And CC, oh, really? And CC was like, um, he's like, oh, busted up his shoulder. He still needs surgery. He's got bad knees. He's like, nah, I'm out. But he's like, <laughs> whatever you take, Tite or Pettit. Um, I think he calls it Tite. Uh, and so they took Pettit. And apparently the whole story is that like Garrett Cole dominated the meeting, like drove it. Like he was the driving force behind like a four-hour conversation. But then like without specifics, it was like, when Andy spoke, like Andy could speak to pitching on a successful team in Houston and New York. And like, so he oh, basically right. apparently was like, yeah, I know you like Houston. Here's what's different. Um, like without bad in Houston, but being like, yeah, that's great. I was on a world series team too in Houston that didn't win. Like he's a very, right. they have a very similar arc. Like he was on, he was there for a few yeah. years as a hired gun. And it's like, and I came back here. Like I chose to came back yeah. here. And I definitely, I remember he was on the 019. And like, I remember that being a big deal and starting in the world series. And it's like, yo, this guy's been with us since 96. I think he had the, I think he started, I think he closed out every series. I think he was the pitcher. Is that right? I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I did. That was like in that run. Like he like, he showed up for that playoffs too. It's like, the, I mean, the whole thing with the playoffs is everyone's like, Oh, you need a dominant pitcher. You don't, you need one pitcher to have a good series. Like what? Like you don't need every pitcher to pitch well, but you need one pitcher in each series to win every start, and like hopefully they're early in the rotation, and you need one other guy. Then you just need to squeak a week, like a win out if it's like coming bringing it off the closer, yeah. or like if it's just like pounding a team into the dirt. Like you need to steal one or two, but like it's funny because like even when teams load up and like the like even the Yankees did this back in the day when they're like we have four aces and it's like Clemens and Wells and Duque and like uh, Pettit like I remember that and it's like even when you load up it's just like when you get to the playoffs two or three guys will be thrown well a couple guys will be like kind of missing and then it's like you'll just have to like deal with you know it's like you never come in with like every single gun just like healthy and blazing it's just like it's really rare <laughs> to get to like through 165 games and it's like all these guys are just throwing their fastballs as hard as they can. It's like, no, it's like some guys will be banged up. Some guys will have their shit together. And it's like, some guys will just like probably be worthless. <laughs> also those mid two, I know exactly the teams. It was like the 02, 03, 04 team where they have like, yeah. Clemens. they brought the Wells back at one point. Like, or I think the first one was, I think it was like Cone, Wells, Clemens, El Duque. I like, I want to say it was something like that. That might have been 2000. Like the 99, yeah. 2000 teams kind of were going for that. But I just remember like for the teams when they stopped winning, but it was like, yeah, you had Clemens, and he was great, but he wasn't Cy Young. He wasn't Clemens, yeah. It was um, like, yeah. And Pettit, Pettit kind of had ups and downs. I thought he was better at the end of his career. Like, I would say his first five years and last He was a great number, two. He was never, like, an ace. No, yeah. no. He was the guy. He kept you in the game, but he wasn't the one to deliver the, with, with the exception of 96. Yeah, like, and, like, his skills shot. were, like, getting out of jams and, like, picking up runners. Like, he was actually a pretty unusual pitcher for, like, what he was doing out there. Well, he was, like, cerebral. Oh, I... One of the cool things about watching Messina was like when he came on, he was yeah. Nasty. Moose was another big guy. Like yeah. he was nasty. He just could like throw, like throw out throw anyone. And by the end of his career, he's throwing like his like eighty-eight mile per hour fastball and like an eighty-four mile knuckle curve off of it. But like he's getting outs, and he won twenty games in his last year as like a my, my brother has this whole rant about how Mike Messina is actually better than Greg Maddox, but it's he spent his whole career in the AL East on Baltimore and the Yankees and stuff, and he was like. Messina <laughs> is actually better than Greg Maddox. He's pitching to all these roided up guys in the AL East in like the hardest division. In I actually like that notion. I, I need to talk what? to Jay about that. I actually like that. <laughs> I 
a hot take. Yeah, but he's uh, he's had some, and like, yeah, he also subscribes to that theory that he was one pitch away. Like, if he had gotten the perfect game, that he would be in the Hall of Fame. And it's like, <laughs> I think that's somewhat fair. Like, he definitely got. I was a big Moose fan too. Anyway, he's a, he's a sad one though because like he didn't make it to 09, and like he came on the team in 02, I think. Oh one. Or one, yeah. So he yeah. was, yeah. It was like he only experienced horrible losses. He was apparently, I feel bad for him too, and I love watching him. And he was really one of the best parts of that 02 to 08 run, or 01 to 08 run. But yeah, he was apparently a huge asshole. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, he's apparently like not. Like, he's not. He's a prickly dude. He did not have a ton of friends. I mean, I'm not. I always got I, a joke. I mean, is like he was well read and did like crossword puzzles. It wasn't like one of the boys. Like, yeah, but I think in like nineties baseball talk, that means he's like kind of a prick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, might be I like it. I, I like that he's the guy reading the New Yorker, like judging everybody else for like he's doing being the crossword. <laughs> I can see him like doing the crossword and like Wells accidentally like, spits a lip like on his newspaper, and he's like, "Calamity." <laughs> um, all right, so Yankees over under 103 wins next year. Oof. Well, okay. So the the rotation now it's gonna be Cole Severino. Um, Tanaka. What's his, What's that? Tanaka. Tanaka. And it, is Hop's gone? Is who? Is Hop gone? Hop? Oh, Hap. J- yeah, Hap. No, Hop, no, Hap. No, it's Hap. <laughs> I'm going to see it. Oh, it's H-A-P-double-P. What is that, Dutch? It's Hap. I think it is Dutch. What's that name in Seinfeld? Rod Gak. Or Bob. <laughs> yeah. Is that Dutch? Dutch, yeah. Uh, Sounds Dutch. Wait, oh, what were we just talking about? Uh, the rotation. Oh. Um. <laughs> Do you know the full rotation? Give me with the full rotation, Jake. <laughs> so I think you just laid it out. Um, cool, number one. There's some debate about who's two through four, but I think you can cut it anyway, and it works. Yeah. Severino, Tanaka, Paxton, they're all twos. Oh, opinion. right, Paxton, too, yeah. And Paxton, then, Tanaka, Severino. Hap's the easy number five, but the word is that... Um, they're gonna. They want to get under the cap. He's seventeen million. If they can get rid of Hap, then they're like somewhat neutral to the payroll last year. Um, but the idea being that no one wants to pay Hap. So Hap is more expensive than Kluber was this year, and they traded Kluber. Like, so there's not. That's a ton crazy. Of- That's crazy. But that being said, I actually think Hap's like yeah. <laughs> What? I think Hap is a, a useful pitcher. He's a lefty; like he can eat up innings. Like, I, and like he's been in that division, so he kind of knows how to pitch to some of those teams. So, like, I actually kind of like him. Well, that's the other thing, and I think, I mean, and it's not bad to hold an extra starter, right? Yeah, I don't know. Well, so the the other thing is they've got Montgomery coming back, who apparently they like, and Domingo Herman. Word. Oh, I like Herman. I've yeah, heard mixed things on Herman. I've heard that there's a chance. I've heard it's going to be a long suspension. I've heard it's going to be a short suspension, and I've heard that regardless, the Yankees want to get rid of him. Um, as what did he do? It was domestic violence, and it was apparently oh, really true. bad. It was apparently in front of people at like a benefit. I remember um, reading that story. Yeah, yeah, that was like, bad. The, <laughs> someone touched it up. Uh, I think I've told you this before. I had friends who worked for the tabloids before, and it's like, oh, really? Yeah, like the Yankees. <laughs> without giving the specific story, there are a lot of like stories that have broken in past years about like things. Where, like, in pictures, if you were to expand out a few feet, you'd see Yankees in them. Basically, like, oh, I see. without getting into it, it feels weird. The Yankees. 
Not to blow up spots. I'm broadcasting this live to Twitter, by the way. Oh, great. <laughs> the world will know. Um, it's my bullshit. Uh, I was just going to say where I was going with that was I've heard, and I think it makes sense, not like the tabloids aren't really going to mess. I, I think the Yankees do a good job of cultivating good relationships with like magazines and everything. So it's like, even if there is bad news, basically what I'm going with Vermont, I don't know if the Yankees actively are covering it up or if all these newspapers don't want to lose access and are just like not oh, yeah. into it, which that's probably scarier than if they were covering it up, but that people weren't. It's too bad. He was a guy. I did like him. He had a live arm. Like, he had a real live arm. Losing him, and of all the injuries, I think losing him and Batances were the biggest. Like, going into that final week, like, just being like... Yeah. Batances, though, is one of those guys It's just like... You never know. Like, if he's locked in, it's fine. But you can never trust him, like, like holding all the shit together. I would disagree. I think he's up or down. (laughs) But, like, uh, like he is up or down. But he had a great playoffs last year. Like, he was one of the... He was one of the few guys that do his job. And he went multiple innings. Yeah. uh, Yeah, yeah. I, I now when I say that, that bullpen fell apart. Yeah, he's uh, never had point. a consistent season like full six month dominant. Like he still put up good years, but like he's definitely streaky. There's no doubt about that. He's a, hundred, he's a million percent streaky. Do you think where do you think he's gonna go? Uh, it's hard. To, uh, it's it seems like the Dodgers are throwing around, around a lot of money, and I think they're trying to like build up their pen too. Well, they're getting, they're getting a ton of crap right now. So apparently, they're really young. In like two or three years, their financial commitments dropped to something absurd, like twenty million or thirty million. Like it's something. It'll be like Kershaw and like a few other guys, and they're starting to get some serious crap for not getting Rendon, Cole, Strasburg, like any of these guys. And it's like they're kind of in the Yankee spot. I think they won one hundred and six games, one hundred five games last year. It's like, well, how do you improve that? Like their depth is what gives them a lot of their skill and makes them so good. But at the same time, it's like you guys need to push your chips in. I'm not saying this there's, is the there's gotta be yeah it's funny because I do get what they're doing both teams because it's like yeah you develop you've developed these players now you invested in that and now you're letting them all bloom and stuff but then it's like yeah you still have to supplement that with like serious free agents though because like that's the real game because like those guys can push a team yeah well, that's think, what pushes teams through playoff rounds kind of I think what's kind of this is totally personal opinion, kind of pulling this out of my ass, but I think that what's really, like, Yankee fans were happy in 2017, like, because we were good again after, like, four years of mediocrity. I think in 2018, the fact the Red Sox won really removed all that goodwill. The fact that the Red Sox have won twice since we won, it's just, like, I think that kind of was, like, now... The Yankees had a weird decade. It was very, it's very similar to that 80s decade. It is, I was saying, we won the most, but we won the most games, but we didn't actually win a World Series. Yeah. But that's usually a good precursor. (laughs) In the past, it's been a good precursor for them. Well, and it's like, there's definitely an an argument that the Yankees were the best team of the 80s, in a weird way. And it's like, that, you know, that's a decade where the Mets and the A's, like, all had the, like, these, like, monster teams and stuff. But, like, um, I, yeah, in a weird way, I don't know. The other thing that's, that kills me is that, like, the Astros have, like, tainted the last three years of, well, like, whatever the fuck has happened. <laughs> well, I mean, that's another thing where I think, I hope that kind of buys the Yankees some some slack. If anything should be remembered, like, the Black Sox, it should be that fucking team. It's well, like, I was Jesus talking about that with someone. I was talking about that with someone. <laughs> I was talking about somebody who said they were a baseball fan, and then I started talking about this, and they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, the scandal? They're like, oh, I haven't heard about that. This was a week ago. I was like, so you're not really a baseball fan. <laughs> I was like, you, you, you haven't heard about the Astros cheating scandal? I was like, no. And I like said three things, like all big, like any one of them should have triggered it. I was like, not in the jerk way, but I was like, so you're not, you're not really a baseball fan. 
Because he, he was a Red Sox fan. I wasn't talking trash. I was like... I mean, I can see it. It's off-season. You just no. call your local team. It, it, it wasn't antagonistic. Like, we laughed about it. And then, like, after that, I said, I was like, you know what? Like, you're you're not... I'm wrong in this situation. I'm the adult who's, like, reading all up on the cheating scandal. Yeah. And, like, so it wasn't me being like, oh, you're not... I w- it was a joke. I wasn't like, oh, you're not a real Red Sox fan. I was like, so you're not really like a baseball fan. He's like, yeah, I'm kind of like a fan. I'm a casual fan. I was like, well, okay. And then I explained it to him, and he was like, that's fucking crazy. I was like, oh yeah, I was it's like, fucking I, I know. It, it should be a bigger story. I don't. It's like it should be. I'm surprised it's not one of the biggest stories in sports right now. Well, I think the Cole thing. I think that the free agency. There is a lot of buzz around free agency, and I think the free agency in a good way has worked for the MLB. But at the same time, like this isn't something. The Yankees, so. the Yankees, the Indians, and the Dodgers, all and like the Red Sox. There are so many big market teams that care about this that want an answer. Yeah. So like when it does come, I think it's just going to be like it's going to be big again. Because I mean, if are, this if this had happened like in 03 between Yankees Red Sox and it was like that came out, it would have been like everyone would have stopped. We all would have gone to a courtroom to like talk about it or something. Like it just would have stopped everything. But yeah, it's amazing to me how people are, like some people. It's just kind of flying by, but. I don't know. What do you think Manfred's actually going to do to the Astros? I've kind of come around. When it first came out, just given the way the NFL's handled everything with the Pats, my, my first thought was, like, it's going to be a slap on the wrist. But then, as it kept, it was like a news story where every day for two weeks, it, the story got worse and worse for the Astros. And this is a franchise that was caught last year videotaping the Red Sox and the Indians dugouts. And when they were confronted, they didn't apologize. They said, well, we're just doing it to make sure they're not doing it. Like very hostile, very, very confrontational. This was the same team that when three female reporters said, some yeah, that asshole GM said this yeah. like comment bragging about getting a soon to the domestic violent person, instead of admitting <laughs> it or just shutting up, they tried to gaslight them and accuse them of lying about it. Not, realizing how bad it looks for a group of men, old middle-aged white men yelling at women, telling them, you don't know what you're talking about. You weren't harassed. It was a bad look. I mean, it was after a big win. There was alcohol flowing. It was a terrible look. So what the story is that one of their assistant GMs, I think it was like Talman or Talkman. I don't know. It's not, it's, he's not on the team anymore. So spoiler alert. Uh, He was bragging and yelling at women, like drunkenly yelling at this group of women Screaming! I'm so fucking glad we got Osuna. So glad. Yeah, he's like, thank God we got a Roberto Osuna over and over, just directly at women. And this isn't a glass door situation. The Yankees have Aravis Chapman. Domestic violence is like a very serious thing. Seth and I both acknowledge that. But at the same time, like no one of the Yankees ever screamed at a bunch of women and said, "I'm so fucking glad I got Chapman." And their little context there too is of those three female reporters, one of them was wearing a domestic violence bracelet, and another had frequently. Uh, criticized the Astros for getting Osuna. So it wasn't a coincidence, and he was like targeting these women with this comment. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick. <laughs> when I hear someone was wearing a domestic violence bracelet, um, I immediately think to myself, I see women wearing bracelets of all types all the time, and I cannot interpret any of them. And so if I saw a domestic violence, not defending anyone in this situation, I just think it's funny where it's like, I was wearing a domestic violence bracelet, so you should know not to like do so. And it's like, the bracelet I, doesn't protect you from anything. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what, it's not like, oh, he should have known better. I think it's more so just saying, also the woman who was wearing it might have been the woman who wrote the articles about it, criticizing them. <laughs> But so it's like he knew he. It wasn't a coincidence. He was just saying it to three women. He was yeah, he was yeah. targeting these women, saying it purposely to them. 
Um, and the other thing too, is, oh shoot, what was I going to say? I just love, Sorry. so this whole thing with the Astros, I'm going to say this, I really like them up until the cheating scandal, like as a, as a competitor and like a Yankee fan, I have no problem when teams beat us. Like the 2001 uh, Diamondbacks, that sucked. But like when you lose to a better team, like you got to tip your cap or when you lose to like a great game. And to me, the Astros are always like, they're a better team. I don't know how they do it, but like they eat our lunch at their home and they can well, beat us at our home. So it's like, and now it's like, and I know nothing's proven, but just go look up the John Boy trash can video. You don't do that for one game and yeah. keep doing it. There's that, that's, and it's like beyond that, I, I can just remember watching those playoff games. And and like you can tell when a batter knows what pitch is coming a lot of t- like a lot of times there there are times where a batter will adjust mid pitch to a breaking ball or something and just get his bat on the ball. But the, if if there's if, if guys throwing a ninety eight like that fastball that uh, what's his name hit off of Chapman to kind of end the series, you remember that pitch? It was a, it was a slider, it was a bad slider. Altuve That's right. Hit a, a hanging slider, and he, he, fou- I, he fouled off the previous one, I think. Yeah, and. Uh, there, I just remember that at bat, it just it just felt like he knew a lot of the pitches that were coming, and like when a guy's throwing ninety eight to one hundred miles an hour, it's it's hard to put, like make contact unless you know like what's coming out of this guy's hand. I don't know. Well, so so just hitting on that, like you and I, we're not experts, but we've watched baseball for probably collectively like 30, 40 years, like a long time. Yeah, yeah, way too long, way too many hours, way too many hours. <laughs> but we've seen it. Some players have those skills, like Vladimir Guerrero could. Foul off, like foul off, anything. yeah, and he could hit bad pitches, and like, and so can his kid, <laughs> yeah, and so like that's a skill. But what made the Astros so great was you had a team of five, six, seven guys who were fouling off. Like, it, like if you look at their team numbers yeah. over the past three years, they've had like record breaking, like exceedingly incredible numbers in terms of OPS, which is power, and on base, and low strikeouts. That means they're not swinging it off speed stuff, and they are teeing off on fastballs <laughs> and breaking balls when they're coming. So like again, we'll it's also can, one of the like we'll I had all this sort of out, I was starting to gain a lot of respect for guys like Springer and Bregman, where I was like, man, Bregman, that guy crushed this year and stuff. And now I'm just like, I don't know if I trust any of those stats. Like, I don't know what was real. I don't know what was just like. Well, I don't know what's happening. Baseball is a huge sport where I think like all sports, I do think there's karma, and baseball, like there's always a regression of the mean. Like someone has a big year, they're going to have a down year. Like that's through the yeah. exception of really good players or additional players who are really consistent. There's ups and downs. The Astros are a very good team, but if this is true, then these averages are inflated. These numbers, like, there's no other way about it. Like, because I was thinking about it, this is worse than Deflategate, because, like, or I mean, not Spygate, because Spygate is like, oh, you're pra- like, things can change between a practice and a game. Like, it's, it's still bad. Spygate's bad, but this is like that, but I think it's almost worse, because it's also like, it's way, way. It's like it's one of these things where it's like I get this old time stuff. Like if Derek Jeter's on second base and he's looking at the catcher and he picks up a sign, I have Anything no fucking problem. The lines is fair. Everyone, yeah, exactly. everyone is like, yeah. if it's happening between the the lines, that's that's fine. If you're when you have like electronics in it, and if it's true that they were putting buzzers underneath, like that's yeah, once you're using video thing. cameras and electronics, and you have a whole system of corruption in place outside the lines of play, not on the field of play, even it's just that seems unfair. Well, I mean, I don't know if you've seen, so in the athletic article, they describe what the setup is, like how they set up this, like the video unit. And in the 2017 World Series video, it shows them walking by the exact setup. (laughs) And after the World Series, like after some games, you see them. So it shows where the setup is, like, and that's mid game. And then after games, it's gone in those pictures, but there's a huge pile of seeds just 
where like oh, in the of the thing. so it's like oh was someone just standing in an empty hallway spitting seeds <laughs> in a little thing like there's a lot of anecdotal and like um i can what's the term uh anecdotal evidence no i know it's anecdotal but it's like um when it's not direct evidence circumstantial so again <laughs> if you if they come out and if major league baseballs well, first of all i don't believe them they've already apparently investigated them twice for this and nothing came about it so that's the reason why manfred's taking like a long time they, yeah they gotta come down on them they and have, so it's they, like, they, I, they, I, there were complaints against them in 2017 and 2018 by multiple teams and apparently this year by the yankees and the alcs and Major League Baseball kept saying, nope, got it. nope. And, and honestly, if it's like if you watch the games, there are just times you can tell they know what's coming. And it's like, it's it's one of those things where if you've watched enough baseball, it just kind of like doesn't look right. Or it's like, it's too perfect the way they, they're too aggressive on pitches and stuff. And it's just like, they know what's coming. Also, Not that, to say that guys don't guess and like actually know what's coming sometimes. That also happens a lot in baseball. That it's like, also happens. It's hard to differentiate like what we're talking about. That, yes. And the other thing too is, this is one thing I just want to say. I've heard a lot of arguments about like, oh, it's not that big a deal. The Nationals won, and to that, there's just a few things I want to I want to say. First of all, if it wasn't effective, would they do it? No. Two, yeah, they lost to the Nationals, but it's for two reasons. The pitchers they had were Corbin Scherzer and um, Strasburg. Yeah, they could yeah. tell you they're throwing a fastball and still get 90% of major league hitters out. Like their stuff is just straight up better. Their arm talent is better than pretty much any other team in the Astros. So it wasn't as effective. The other thing too, the nationals said they took extra precautions that had five sets of signs that they interchanged throughout a game to combat that. So it's not like, it's not like, Oh, like the, like the nationals took this, that they had, they had two things working for them. They had enough arm talent to probably fight it in general. And they also had like took strategic and tactical methods to prevent it from being as effective. So, and the other, I just want to say on top of that, the Yankees are one in six at the Astros in the playoffs. The Yankees are the second best team in baseball the last two years. And they're one in six on the road. And this is a team that wins on the road at every other place. So like there, again, not saying it can't happen. If you look at the numbers, it, it, it makes sense that it happened. Maybe not as much. Maybe it's bigger. Maybe it's less. But like something shady's going on. Some sh- well, yeah. I also that Astros Stadium is just super. Not not my favorite place to play. Nah. Very strange stadium. <laughs> no, nah, I do not love it. Um, but if you brought up uh, two thoughts. One, um, have you ever heard the story about the the shot around the world, the Bobby Thompson shot that that may that he may have been tipped off as to the pitch that was coming before he hit that. Was that a World Series where the Giants had a guy with a telescope? Um, so it's not it's it's the it's the NLCS between the, the New York Giants and the Brooklyn Dodgers, and uh, Bobby Thompson hits a home run to go into the World Series. I I, I was just curious. Uh, he was on the Giants, right? Yeah. There it's was, a, it, Willie Mays. Willie Mays was on deck. It's well, like it's one of these iconic sort of like old timey baseball. Home no, runs. no, no. I've heard of the shot around. I've heard around the world. What I was right. asking was there was a specific scandal. I think it was 1951. It was a big scandal at the time. The Giants were caught with a telescope, like oh, outside really? of the stadium, looking in, stealing signs, and calling into the, the. Yeah, so that's basically the people think that happened on that Bobby Thompson. That's basically like the same kind so, of idea. So this is the way I feel. So you asked me about the punishment. Um, it's kind of changed a lot for me. At first, I was like, I was totally against the idea of revoking it, of revoking the championship. Um, at first, I thought it would be like a suspension, a fine suspension for the GM and like a fine of the team, maybe lose some like international money or picks. But now, I think it's going to be like 
year bans or lifetime bans for the GM and and the and the actual manager. Um, Interesting. I, you have to cut the head off. Like you 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 have. It's to true. The manager because the manager's involved in a scheme like that. Well, this so is gotta, this, yeah. is, this is where I'm coming at from. I think it's disgusting and cheating. Uh, gross, but as a Jets fan who's been losing to the Pats, who now have their third cheating scandal for the last 20 years, as a Yankee fan, if the MLB honestly isn't going to police this and our opponents are doing it, then Yankees use all your resources. Get like, get nanny cams. I don't care what you have to do. So it's like, yeah. Like, so, and that's yeah, if yeah. he doesn't, like, that's if he comes down light on them. It's like, okay, we can win the World Series next year or go to it in two of the next few years and Cashman just has to leave for six months like okay do that cashman like i don't care go with me to world series so obviously that to speak for myself but here's my other thought do you think it's time for catchers and pitchers to use like tiny electrical devices so that it's like say the catcher has something on his hand he just like presses his thumb to his pinky and it sends the you know sends to the pitchers throw a change up and then there's nothing anyone can steal anymore you still have baseball. I don't think that would really impact the game in a negative way. I don't think it would impact it in a negative way. But <laughs> is that a solution? <laughs> well, it, it it is. Another solution is you just get the fucking cheaters to stop. Like it, it's hard, but it, I like I no, do think. But, in today, the amount of cameras and people, and it's look, just like all this shit going on. It's hard. Just hear me out. Yeah, cameras have existed <laughs> for how long? Seventy years? Like fifty <laughs> years? Why yeah. is it now an issue? Like it's not the game hasn't changed. It's there's some really, what's that thing? There's a stench in Denmark, in Denmark or something. The the Shakespeare line, like there's something yeah. wrong in the Astros, and everyone keeps saying this is the defense I hate. This is what everyone said about the Pats. Oh, everyone does for Spygate. Everyone does it. No one's been caught before or since the Pats. So just saying that other people may do it that until we find out someone else is doing it or is even accused of it at this level and it's not coming from the Astros, we're the only ones saying other people do this right now. <laughs> Like that to me is. I bad. mean, I believe it, but you're right. It's like no one else has even been accused. They're the they're, if I've, the, I've, I think the other people, people do, but they're been clearly accused, have been accused by the Astros. The Astros accused the Indians and Red Sox, but no one is else. And then the Red Sox got that's not true. The Red Sox got in trouble for 2017. Rob Manfred, in his infinite wisdom, punished them <laughs> for cheating with their Apple Watches, and just so it's everything's fair. Oh, I forgot about he that. Got, uh, he punished the Yankees for using a bullpen phone wrong. Yeah. So that that's what that's why I'm a little worried about his sense of justice. Like I'm worried he's going to be like, well, the Astros really cheated, but you know what? The Yankees had some pine tar on their bats during the ALCS, so maybe it's like which. Well, I think he's got to realize this is kind of his moment. Like this is the biggest issue I think he's had to deal with as commissioner, and so like this is kind of kind of sort of set up his legacy in terms of whatever the fuck he's going to be. Uh, so I think you, you don't get rid of the owner. I, I just don't think you get rid of the owner. Um, I think you, if it's me, I mean, it also depends on how culpable they were. To me, the manager himself, if this is true and it's this deep, the guy on the field, he needs to be gone. Like, lifetime. Well, that, it's not, I was going to say, like, I think what Pete Rose did is not as bad as what this manager did. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, so that's like, Pete thing. Rose bet on his own team to win. Well, so that's uh, not first as of all, bad as, uh, like, First of all, when it comes to the whole Pete Rose thing, I'm a huge defender of keeping him out of baseball. Like, all you need to do is understand if you truly appreciate baseball you need to understand the history and what the black Sox scandal meant to the game and also every single locker room in baseball has some a sign saying don't bet so the fact that pete rose no but seriously so pete rose this is baseball's number one rule he grew up in it and he purposely flaunted it and he lied about it 
And also, is he, you mean to tell me that he's the only liar? Like, he, I mean, me, he's the only gambler who never lied about a bet. I don't know anyone. I don't know any no. addicted well, gambler okay. who's never lied about a bet. The idea that he, the idea, and this is the problem, saying he never bet on his team, it's easy to say, but he also said he never bet on baseball. So when he lied the first time, he got caught, and then he amended the lie to make it seem better. And even if he never bet against the team, he broke the cardinal rule of baseball, which is no betting. So to me... Mike, my defense of Pete Rose. (laughs) I can't even believe I'm about to do this. He's a guy... (laughs) First of all, Pete Rose, the most hits in the history of Major League Baseball. Of all the fucking guys that have played this sport, nobody has actually put their bat on the ball and gotten on base more than this fucking guy. That Suzuki, has to just like Suzuki mean has. something to somebody. If you count Japanese uh, hits, Suzuki has. He's, no, I'm talking Major League fucking baseball. The guy's got like 4,300 hits and a bunch more walks. No one's been on base that many. Like, oh. no one, just like, that's so, just so the rules. So rules don't apply to him. Just, no, I'm not saying that. I'm many, just saying, you have to be number one. Saying, let's recognize who he is. Recognize like who he is in the game, and then so then he becomes a manager. And like by the way, he was a pretty good fucking manager. And it kind of I'm actually kind of sad he couldn't keep managing because I think he would have had a very interesting managing career that might well still be going on right now, but we'll never know. And then on top of that, yes, he bet on the game. This is the '70s. He was doing a lot of blow. It was a different time. Men were, you know, they weren't making the same amount of money these players are making today. And so he's trying to... <laughs> he wasn't any player. You just said he was the best player of all time. He got paid at a premium, dude. This is so cynical. Like, this is such... I am so against that. Especially for someone I'm, talking I'm about saying, the safety of the I game. I sympathize with Pete Rose. I, I don't think what he did is worse than some of the PED users. And I definitely oh. don't think what he did is worse than oh. somebody setting up a corrupt electronic scheme. Uh, what Seth was saying was he doesn't think what Pete Rose did was as bad as some of the PED people and possibly the Astro scandal. I would agree with that, but then my counter would be how many of these PED people are in the Hall of Fame? And two... Mike uh, Piazza. No, no, he was never... That's, that's, there was acne on no, his back. No, 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 no. That is totally, that is totally misleading. Back. That is actually... <laughs> that's bad. Seth, you're actually showing your true colors here. You're, you're being a little cynical. You're lying about Piazza. Um, a little disappointed in you right now. But so, other than Piazza, if Clemens or Bonds make it, or any of these other guys, or McGuire or Sosa, then I will, then you let Pete Rose in. I don't think it's worse. I let Sosa in if he was still black. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen him? He did like the face. He looks insane. Oh. I could not believe the pictures of that guy. My, uh, I knew someone who who met him, and he, he looks worse in person, apparently. I don't, um, I don't know what happened to Sammy Sosa. I'm, I'm but sorry, I, uh, Seth, I'm sorry I had to reprimand you there for your, your loose morals <laughs> for a, a, a silly ball game. Clearly. I just think uh, I just think in the strat- in the hierarchy of baseball sins, Pete Rose, like, he didn't do it the Black Sox. Like, what the Black Sox did was throw a World Series and, like, intentionally lose games. And, like, that's a cardinal sin. Well, what I Pete do. Rose did was bet mostly on other teams. He never... He never threw a game. And I actually believe well, we that. I think that. he rose as the cockiest motherfucker in the world. And he didn't want to lose. Like, I think he actually wanted to win all his games. So, like, I actually take him in his word. Okay, and that's fair. And it's, I mean, you can get mad at me for impugning his honor, but but he did lie. I understand he, what he, you're he saying, too, though, where it's like, because of the Black Sox scandal, we have to set up this baseline, no gambling allowed, Cardinal, like, it's, it would be in the well, Ten Commandments of baseball. This would of. be my, I guess this is my also my question. 
What was the biggest, what's been the biggest cheating scandal since Pete Rose? Like, uh, like gambling, like not like the PEDs. Oh, gam- like, no, not because like of, yeah, like, not drugs wise, I guess. No, no, I mean like specifically gambling, betting, like you had the White Sox, you had Pete Rose, and there's huge gaps there because of how harsh that punishment is. That's my take. Well, yeah, I would kind of say the next biggest scandal is, see, it's not base- baseball, it's Tim Donahue, the, the NBA ref, but, the basketball scandal, so which is a much bigger deal than people realizing the NBA really swept it under the rug when the, all the facts came out. Would you know why? There's a billion dollar, he, his book hasn't been published, he's like, personally released some things, there's a billion dollar lawsuit waiting for whoever publishes his book. Um, he just was... There's a specific ref, like just some of the stats are mind blowing. Like there's the mafia really infiltrated him, and so, like, and I think some other NBA refs, and they like definitely altered games. There's basically. a stat. There's like one ref during the Spurs run where they won like three or four or five championships. There was one ref in the playoffs. They basically won like three out of four, four out of ten, four out of five games. Like a winning percentage between seventy five to eighty percent. There was a ref who they were 1-14 in 14 against in that run. Yeah, and, like, and they would schedule this guy for playoff series against them. Yeah. And it was, like, it was obviously a bias the ref had. It was crazy. I mean, and, like, he would give Tim Duncan technicals for, like, no reason. Like, Tim Duncan was sitting on the bench. Uh, by the way, for people who are listening to this, Seth and I are joking. I'm way – I'm not actually mad at Seth. <laughs> like, I'm, as Seth knows, I just take things way too seriously, especially if it's a comic book <laughs> movie, Star Wars, or baseball. Uh, I like it. I like the. Uh, it's like a. It's like a dramatic scene in Marriage Story. But, talk about Pete Rose. <laughs> wait, can I tell you something though? That like this is really hypocritical of me, and this is like a shame on me. Then I think he should get in, but like I kind of think it might have to happen after he dies. Oh, Jake! Like that's that's, a, that's cool. like killing Fredo. Oh, you haven't seen Godfather Two? Spoilers. I knew that. I actually knew that. Um, and I know. I that. I, I know. Everyone that. knows Fredo dies. And that's actually kind of cruel. I, not that I even say it. I hear it. It's a little cruel. Like I, I don't want to be mean to Pete Rose, but my, my thing, Pete Rose. I hear that too, though. It's like once he dies, it will be much easier, I think, for them to be like, okay, this guy had the most hits of all time. Like he clearly, like for what he did while he was a player, should like be in the. Well, it's also I think sooner the PED question is getting bigger and bigger, and sooner or later, like I mean, like we're talking about. Yeah. It. To me, what he did is not as bad as PEDs, and I think that Clemens and Bonds and a certain. So my thing. At a certain point, PEDs, like whether you're Clemens or Bonds, they were going to be Hall of Famers anyways. And I actually, I have, a, I have a take on how to fix the PED user thing for the Hall of Fame. Uh, do you want to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> so this is what I think they should do. I think they should, they should, the Hall of Fame should keep doing their normal ballot with whatever. Some of these PED guys are on there, some aren't. It's like some guys are on there and you're like, how the fuck is this guy like even on the list? But whatever. I, I look at the list every year or whatever and I'm like, these are the guys I would vote for. Um, most of them are PED users because, like, I just don't give a shit. But now, what I think they should do, keep doing that uh, thing that they're doing. But then, in addition, anyone on that list, so like, any, like the guys like Bonds, Clemens, Sosa, if you're on that list, if you come forward and you publicly state that you know I was a PED user and I cheated and it affected games, and you make that statement, then you can go onto the PED Hall of Fame ballot. And I think as long as you come out and, like, full frontal admit all of your sins and misgivings, whatever you did with drugs and whatnot, and, like, I would I would allow guys like Canseco to come back on. I would allow anyone who's had these, like, drug issues um, to, to, as long as they admit everything they did and all their guilt, you can go into the PED Hall of Fame ballot. And then from that ballot, you do the same thing where these writers or whatever 
they all have votes. You cast votes, and then it's like whoever gets in, you get into the Hall of Fame, but you get in kind of with a scarlet letter. You get in through the PED Hall of Fame ballot. You didn't come in through the normal MLB Hall of Fame ballot. You came in through this admitted uh, sort of performance-enhancing drug user ballot. What do you take? What's your take on that? I'm actually fine with that. I think there's a pretty good precedent for it too, given the asterisk on uh, Roger Maris's uh, 61 home runs. Uh, like there, there isn't, there is a precedent for delineating between. Like, By the way, you want another hot take? I think that asterisk should still exist. Babe Ruth did in fewer games. What the fuck are we doing here? Why is there no asterisk on that? The only thing dumber than putting it up is taking it away. Like that's like that's my kind of take. I didn't realize actually they took it away. Um, didn't they take it away? I'm pretty maybe sure they, they took did. It away. They did. Uh, they probably did. For me, I, well, I, like I mean, that. now it's bond, so. Well, I like that solution. What I was going to say uh, was just that when it comes to the PED guys, like, this was a point I heard that made a lot of sense. It's not like Bonds and Clemens and McGuire and Sosa were the only guys to be doing steroids. <laughs> they were That's very they, true. They were yeah. hitting a lot of these home runs off of guys who were doing steroids. So it's like, <laughs> it's, uh, to me, it's kind of like the way I look at it is um, it's the same reason why I'm, I'm kind of, I don't think the Astros 2017 thing should be pulled. Just like, I don't think the, I think revoking championships, that must thing. It could it happen. And I blame the league for not catching it in time for not being able to police it. And yeah, I thought like if it, it never, when the NCAA tries to revoke a championship, it never works. It's just like everyone remembers who won. And then the team you give it to, they don't really get to celebrate. It's just like, they've tried to do it. A number of times in football and basketball. No competitor wants to be handed a championship like ten years later because (laughs) you didn't win. Because the other, like, you still lost, and it's like, it just sucks. Uh, It's a shitty situation, and like, so I do think it needs to be punished harshly. Um, But for the PED guys, like, at a certain point, bond. I put them on their own ballot, and it's like if they can't admit it, then you can't admit it, and then you're probably not getting in. You know, that's kind of how I feel. That I'm just well, like, just be upfront and know what you did. But, but like, in we'll that sense, that's again. another thing that hurt Pete Rose. He lied about it. Like he was so combative yeah, for, for way so too long, long yeah. and then when he finally admitted it, he didn't tell Selig. The, the baseball <laughs> found out he lied about it, and then like he went on like Dateline and announced a book deal. Like and like he did. Well, like, like, see, at, at the same time, Dateline paid him. You know, it's like Pete Rose. He was trying to make money. He got taken out of his. One profession. Kind of. So he's basically relegated to memorabilia and like speaking. Hundred percent. But again, like the poli- like for better or worse, there's a politics to it. Bud yeah. Selig, Bud Selig was the guy who could bring him back in. I do. That, well, that was in like ninety five or ninety six, right? When he like admitted it. I think it was late nineties. The story was for people who don't know, and we might get it a little wrong. The main just being that Selig, it was a different commissioner who was did the thing who basically was in charge when yeah. the scandal broke. And, and the rumor was Selig might forgive him if he admitted let like me, what Let he me did. finish here. Oh, the, sorry, sorry. The, the original guy, he was banned for baseball, and the original commissioner, there were rumors he was going to, he thought it was too harsh and he was going to walk it back. But he like died of a heart attack. But Selig comes in and it's the whole, the first thing I do can't be the last thing that guy did. And so the precedent oh, was set that like, he didn't want to do that. At the same time, there's always been, and still is, from like people like Seth, there's a push to get him in the Hall of Fame. So Selig, there were people, like, including Rose, who were lobbying Selig for a while. And this is one of those things, you don't know if he was really close or not, but it was apparently something he was warming up to. But this whole time, Pete Rose is like, I didn't bet. It's not what they say it was. Like, I never bet on our team. And then in the 90s, he goes on Dateline or CNN or whatever, and he announces, it was true, here's my book. And it's just one of those things for Selig and Major League Baseball. It's like, 
So you lied to us. You want like you want to join our our club. You broke rule number one. We kicked you out. You've been bitching for twenty years about getting back in, and you don't even come to us to tell us the truth. Like, yeah. You, like you you make and I think the problem there is he again used baseball. He made baseball look bad for his own gain, and I think yeah. that's what the problem was. And like, yeah, like I'm saying, I, I'm sure he had money issues and was trying to do whatever he was doing. But like, if his goal and like I actually think his real goal it wasn't so much to get to the Hall of Fame. I always thought his goal was to manage again. And to be into coach or like you know be involved in an organization like he was a very competitive guy, especially as a player and a manager. And so it's like I always thought that was really his end game. And so like if your end game is to become a baseball manager again, your admittance has to be to the to C League and to baseball, not to Dateline for a money grab and a book deal. You know, so I, like that's obviously a misstep by him. I don't know who's in his ear at that point. You know, I don't know how he's making decisions and stuff, but that it's like. <laughs> I feel like I've just spent 20 minutes talking him down. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Uh, um, I, say, I feel like I've just spent like 20 minutes talking him down, but um, can you I, I like that. Uh, oh, I like that. I thought we were going to spend much more time like trying to set stuff up, but I like that we've uh, been able to have a whole sports combo. Right? Uh, well, as I said, like the same reason I've come to this conclusion. To me, Clemens and Bonds need to be in the Hall of Fame just for the sheer numbers alone, like I said before, no matter what. Like, yeah, it's crazy. So with Pete Rose, you said it. he's had so many hits. Like you got, you're gonna get him in there at some point. Like he, he is better than Shoeless Joe Jackson, who was the big travesty of the Black Sox scandal. He's also one of those. He's he's one of the first guys I feel like that spanned like three decades or so. Like he played for so yeah. long. He played like into his four, like 45 or something. And so it's like he was a big part of like 70s and 80s baseball. Like he's a huge part of it. It, it, it would be like. <laughs> It would be like if the two thousand, like from two thousand to two thousand, it would be like the last twenty years of football. If uh, Roger Goodell is like, you know what, the Patriots just cheated too much, wipe, wipe them from the record books, and it's like, okay, well, how do you talk about the last twenty years without the Patriots like being part of that conversation? Like Pete Rose was such a big part of baseball for so long. It, it, and also, just think about think about how like revered Joe Morgan is, who was on that big Red Machine team, and it's just like Pete. And then think about how people think of Pete Rose, who was it might like a better player and probably more important to that team. <laughs> well, I think I could be wrong here, but I think that Pete has always had a prickly personality. Like I think he's always kind of oh, been like a total asshole. Guy. I mean, major league asshole. I oh, wait, no he injured. He has a famous story. He injured a guy in an All Star game for running into a catcher. Yeah, never yeah, the broke same. his shoulder. And, yeah, and like. So and he did All Star game, a game that doesn't count. Yeah, he was like a cleats up guy. He, he was he, this is the guy. When he's on your team, you love him. When he's not, yeah. you hate him. And for better the original words, Charlie Hustle, that's yeah. where the name came from. Oh, I forgot. It, Pete Rose is great. Like he's a great player. I know. I just said he. He's so many things I love about a player that's in it. Like, yeah, that's the thing. It's like he is so iconic. Like, there's it's so many things about him that I love about baseball, or it's kind of instilled in him, including the gambling. By the way. Well, he, I think his thing was every time he hit a home run, he would bunt afterwards, and the whole thing is like, "Well, I'm not a home run hitter," and it's like that's awesome. Like, like he just he like I just and I, like he actually very similar to Ichiro, I think, where like when he wanted to hit a home run, he kind of could sometimes, and he would kind of guess on a pitch early in a count and try to crank one on you. But like also very similar to Ichiro, just a master at putting his bat on the ball, and like talk about like. Like we talk about in movies, the old Western gunslinger versus the samurai warrior. It's like kind of an epitome in both of those guys, you know? Yeah. I loved watching each other play. And when people were like, oh, the knock on him was people were always like, who watched him was like in batting practice? Like if he wanted to, he could hit 30, 40 home runs. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. But then like he was on the Yankees and like you'd see these videos and like everyone 
who's ever seen him is like he's got the power and like yeah well i think like anyone like if you know if you know someone's throwing a fastball to you in one of the first two pitches and you kind of sit on it uh you know i don't i think any major league hitter can kind of like crank one out of that yeah. especially like yeah guys like Ichiro or whoever peter well, is i'm not i wasn't saying he's got the skill that everyone else has i was saying i think he truly if he was going to change his style of swing like could have been a power he could have been like not that, that would have behooved him like that would be like aaron See, i i, I wonder like, me, that makes yeah. me wonder about guys like altuve like maybe he could have been like a right-handed Ichiro, but just because the era he's in he's like i got to be a power hitter and i'm just going to crank pitches like I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess there's ton, tons of examples. Um, so, <laughs> I know you haven't seen it yet, but do you want to ask me any? Oh, I do. Uh, 